Hi, everybody. This is your cousin, Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin Ed. Ed Roberts, with a reminder that Chuck Harder will join us later on in this hour as we welcome actress and filmmaker Allison Mills Newman. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll begin our second hour by playing part two of a conversation that began last week with Jeffrey Littlefield. Jeff's career encompasses the worlds of music management, record production, and documentary filmmaking. His latest book, Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, is a cradle-to-grave look at the complex yet often forlorn musical genius whose unmistakable sounds have made him a foremost influence on American pop music. Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat was written with the consent of the Nelson Riddle estate and includes first-hand accounts with three of Nelson Riddle's children, as well as a detailed discography of Nelson Riddle, never-before-published photographs, and a whole lot more. Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat, available right now through Amazon.com. Last week, as you recall, we focused particularly on Riddle's many collaborations with Frank Sinatra and Nat King Cole, as well as some of his contributions to movies and television as we pick up the conversation. We were talking about uh, some of the happy accidents in Riddle's life, such as how we came to meet and, and work with uh, Nat King Cole. Another Another happy accident, in a sense, was his collaboration with Linda Rodenstadt late in his life, late in his career, which in many respects was sort of like the... When he worked on those three albums, I don't think he saw it as his last hurrah, but in many respects, his work with Linda Rodenstadt turned out to be his last hurrah. Oh, very much so, yeah. He was going through a fallow period. Work had sort of tailed off a bit in the late 70s. He was still working. And, and taking any work he, he could get, providing it was quality. But yeah, come the early 80s, uh, he had a call from Linda Ronstadt's manager uh, to set up a meeting, uh, which they duly did. Her manager at the time was Peter Asher, who was a British um, singer of sorts. Peter, Peter and Gordon. Peter and Gordon, right. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Had a number one hit yeah. over in the UK. Yes, World Without um, Love. Well, without love, that's the one. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. Yeah, he, he was Linda Bronstadt's manager at the time, producer. And, um, of course, she was the, regarded as the first lady of rock. Mm-hmm. She was extremely hot at that period of time. But she wanted to get away from that. And, and the standards were regarded as uh, elevated music at the time. But she wanted to sing the, the old standards. And she wanted... Nelson Riddle to do a couple of arrangements for her, but he wouldn't do a couple of arrangements. He'd, he'd do a full album. They were a bit taken aback by it, and they had to convince the uh, the record label, Electra, or Asylum, I think it was, that uh, it would be worthwhile. And th- and they rallied against the idea. They thought it was a crazy idea. Uh, he didn't really want Linda Ronstadt to do it, but she put her foot down, thankfully, and. Um, the rest is history, but it was a renaissance um, for Nelson Riddle, most definitely. And, and they did three albums together. The last one, sadly, Nelson had passed before that was actually recorded. We had written the arrangements for it. And and they all outsold her previous rock albums, <laughs> uh, much to the amazement of her management and, and production team. Seeing you 
And you can understand why Peter Asher was reluctant to do the album at the time because as the manager, your job is to think what's best for your client. You have to think what's best for the artist. And uh, But when, as you say, when, when, when Ronstadt said, I want to do this, he backed her. And, he did, yeah. Yeah. And, he, he thought she'd earned the right to do it. Yeah. But like I say, the record label chief, he was, he was uh, dead against it. But he did, he did the right thing, and, and um, he was humble enough to admit he made a mistake, especially <laughs> when they all, all, especially when all three went platinum. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's incredible, really. Yeah. And, it, and it's a lovely, um, they're, well, they're lovely albums, and uh, she had such a great voice. I didn't realise until Christopher Ridden told me, though, that she was she was absolutely terrified because she'd never recorded with a full orchestra before. And she went in there, and they made her feel at ease, of course. And Nelson said she's got a wonderful instrument, her voice, and I'm going to show her how to use it. Christopher Riddle and Nelson's other two children... Nelson Riddle the third. Yes. Nelson Skip Riddle the third. And Rosemary. And Rosemary and Sarah. Um, we mustn't forget that uh, Nelson and Doreen, his wife, had seven children. Yes. Um, but they're the three children that um, made direct input into my book. But of course, the whole family support. Yes, the entire Riddle family is important, and uh, Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat was written with the cooperation of the Riddle family and the Riddle State Jeffrey Littlefield, author of Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat, available right now, Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. This is interesting. This is one of those common motifs about Riddle. And it came up with his collaboration with Ronstadt. It came up with a couple uh, couple other times throughout his career. Say uh, you would approach a Riddle and you would say, Nelson, I'd love it if you could arrange a song or two from my next album and riddle's answer was almost always consistent yeah very much so yeah he would only do a, a full album yeah <laughs> and you can understand it not not least from you know a monetary perspective but why would you collaborate with other arrangers on an album when you can cover all the songs on on that particular album but there's several examples of that yeah where he's put his foot down and said well no he he was very very choosy i mean especially at the peak of his career uh, paul mccartney asked him to do one or two arrangements and same answer although he did do a one-off arrangement for frank sinatra uh for george harrison composition called something and uh oh that's that's a marvelous if you ever get a chance to revisit that song that uh, sinatra recorded later on in his career or released later on in his career it's, it's such a marvelous arrangement you better believe it now
and, and it makes sense. It makes sense that Riddle would prefer to do the entire album versus just one song because there was really no when it comes to especially the concept album, which is the sort of thing that uh, in Ronstadt's case in particular, she was asking him to work with her on. There was nobody better at arranging a concept album than Nelson Riddle. No, no, absolutely, and, and I think. He was very miffed, actually, when Sinatra uh, requested that he do um, the arrangements for Strangers in the Night album in 1966. It was a wonderful album. And um, he, was, he was really miffed because he hadn't arranged the title track, which had been arranged by uh, Ernie Freeman. Uh, Sinatra hated the tune, apparently, Strangers in the Night. Uh, but anyway, it's a big hit for him, as you know. Anyhow, that was the title of the album, but every other track was arranged uh, by Nelson Riddle, and and he really went to town and uh, and produced probably in Summer Wind and especially All or Nothing at All, two absolutely superb and iconic arrangements at the timeless and way to this very day. I think he was also, you know, making a point there, really, um, in introducing, especially with Summer Wind, he actually used an organ in the introduction, never been used by some, on a Sinatra recording before. He, he was able to express himself, much to sort of almost cocking a snoop and saying, well, <laughs> you know, I'll teach you, you know, you don't give me an album where I don't, I haven't arranged the title track, goodness sake. Yeah, there's some, there's some interesting um, tracks on the album, not least Downtown, uh, which is a Tony Hatch composition mm -hmm. made, made famous by Tudor Clark, mm -hmm. I'm sure you remember that mm -hmm. one. Um, let, let's put it this way. Sinatra does his own version of that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not saying anything else. Yeah. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. Nelson Riddle, music with a heartbeat is available through Amazon.com. Jeffrey Littlefield, author of Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, as our guest this segment. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. We've touched on some of the many artists that uh, Nelson Riddle uh, worked with throughout his career. We briefly touched on Ella Fitzgerald. I, I understand one of the very last live performances Nelson did uh, before before he passed was he... He, you know, he, he, he performed with Ella at the Hollywood Bowl. Yes, that's right, he did. And, um, yeah, it was his penultimate um, appearance, actually, um, before he passed. And Christopher gives good, good insight into that story. 
yeah, they were in LA doing the, you know, the, the Hollywood Bowl for Ella Fitzgerald. You've got to rewind a little bit and think, well, look at those albums he did with Ella early on, uh, you know, in the late 50s, the 59 uh, song mm-hmm. or 59 tune, because there were six instrumentals in there, the George and Ira Gershwin songbook in 1959. It was a five CD set. Well, it was a five album set, but it's now now out on CD. Yeah, so they go back a long way. personally you know good personal friends both families interacted well but Nelson wasn't well at that time we're talking uh, 85 now and um, Christopher was playing in his father's band so he was accompanying him he regarded himself very much as his father's shadow but he wasn't well but they played this big concert for Ella and, and Nelson was very much on his last legs at the time. And, and um, he said to his father, Christopher said to his father, look, Dad, what, what are we doing here? We've got to be in New York tomorrow. You know, what, what, what are we doing? You know, doing this. He, he just wasn't able to sort of carry it through with it. He managed it. Um, he said, well, I couldn't let Ella down. Yep. And that was his answer. You know, he was very... Um, very ethical and uh, very loyal friend. You mentioned the Ira Gershwin, the George and Ira Gershwin songbook that they recorded together in 1959. Ella won the Grammy for that. Um, I understand she gave Riddle a an 18 karat watch to as part of her appreciation. She did a Philip Patek watch. <laughs> uh, I've never owned one. I've never yeah. been in that sort of uh, company really to own one. But yeah, she, she presented him with that and it was, had an inscription on it. Uh, love, to Nelson, love Ella, I think. But Nelson, uh, he, yeah, he prided himself wearing this watch, prized possession. Mm-hmm. And he used to win, wear those very thin uh, alligator straps and such like. But anyway, he was out with, with his, um, his two, two of his daughters one evening and managed to lose the watch. I don't know quite <laughs> how that happened. Um, but anyway, they were having an evening out. Yeah, never to be seen again. Um, he didn't report it to the police uh, for whatever reason. Um, and I, and doubt- I think I make, a, yeah. I make a little quip, or Christopher does in, in, in the book, if there's anybody out there that has this watch, please return it, no questions <laughs> asked. Uh, because I mean, it's got the inscription on the back. Yeah. I mean, what use is it to anybody? Well, uh, he... He, he didn't tell the police, and I doubt he told Ella. No, I'm sure he didn't. He most definitely didn't. No, no, no. No, he wouldn't have got another one, I'm sure. <laughs> he wouldn't have had a replacement. No, no, no. How do you think Riddle would like to be remembered, and how would you like Riddle to be remembered? I think if I was speaking on his behalf, he would like to be remembered for... His tremendous work ethic and integrity in working and producing arrangements and also finding the right notes most of the time. 
I think that's how he would want to be remembered. I don't think he truly knew his status in the, in the music industry at the time leading up to his death. Many better judges than I have, have put Nelson Riddle's name as four of the most foremost influences in American popular music alongside Billie Holiday, Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong and um, Frank Sinatra. That's how much he's revered in the industry. He was a true, true giant of the music industry. Well, not only not only the right notes, but the right amount of notes. Again, less is more, and the right amount of notes that's perfect for the, you know, particular singer that he's arranging for, and not to call attention to the arrangement itself. That's a that that's a high wire act that he performed every time. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I couldn't put it better than that. I think you've described it perfectly. Yeah, he never crowded out the singer. He wasn't in competition with the singer, um, unlike some of his contemporaries. <laughs> Jeffrey Littlefield is the author of Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, an authorized biography written with the cooperation of the Nelson Riddle estate and the Nelson Riddle family. Nelson Riddle, music with a heartbeat, available through Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. Jeff, I've enjoyed our conversation. I hope you'll come back and visit us again on TV Confidential. I'd love to, Ed, and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's a great show, and uh, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you, and I hope to do it again, most definitely. Chuck Harder will join us as we welcome Allison Mills Newman when we come back on TV Confidential. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life, but it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide, including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button.
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.